welcome to You Look Good, a podcast where we laugh and have deep conversations while lifting each other up. Today, I am joined by Mac. Hello, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Thank you for joining. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, it's been a very long time. Long time. <laughs> um, I like to start episodes with an icebreaker, and I think this will be fun since, like I said, I we haven't seen each other. So it's just going to be like a random um, rapid fire quiz okay. about just random things, just okay. for funsies. Let's do it. Okay. So just as fast as you can. Okay. What sports uh, involves moves like ollies and kickflips? Uh, skateboarding. Yep. What do all of these have in common? Pinto, Lima, and Kidney. Uh, beans? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the movie Finding Nemo, which type of fish is Nemo? Clownfish. Yeah. Um, what sea separates Europe and Africa? Uh, <laughs> Mediterranean. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. <laughs> what is the longest river in South America? Nile? No. Uh, I don't know that one. Try it again. One more. Um, um, I don't even have a guess. Amazon. 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 What state is the Buckeye state? In America. It's in, in America. America? Uh, yeah. uh, Buckeye. Buckeye. Just give it a. Uh, Michigan. <laughs> Ohio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what does the O in CEO stand for? Operator. Officer. No. Officer. What musical instrument is known for its 88 keys? Piano. Mm. Okay. Romania is in which continent? Uh, South America. Oop. Is that a continent? <laughs> it's Europe. Oh, okay. AU is the abbreviation for what chemical element? AU. AU. Uh, aluminum. Argon. Gold. Gold. Uh, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> never guess that. <laughs> I thought it was silver, but. Interesting. Yeah, it's gold. All right, let's get started. Okay, cool. We'll start with this easy question. What are your biggest dreams in life and how would you feel if you accomplished them? If we're talking like real life, big dreams, like something that like I would you know love to do every day for the rest of my life, I think I would love to be a content creator. Okay. All while like, mainly about my transition, obviously. Um, all while helping kids who didn't have somebody to help them through tra their transition mm -hmm. and i've always joked about it but like i think i think it'd be really cool to be a an underwear model like a or um, like, a, like for like, you know calvin klein or ralph lauren or something mm -hmm. like that you know just to represent the trans community mostly because not to say we're not represented but i think we are a little underrepresented so that, yeah. that'd be long term just like creating content in my underwear yeah for sure i mean I was trying to get into that um, later, but I mean, do you just want to get into it? Whatever you want to do, yeah. So you're trans. Right. Um, I do just want to know a little bit about um, your experience and whatever you're comfortable with sharing. Just okay. talk to me how that came to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, where I, do you I, even I start? Really, yeah. I really hate to be a Debbie Downer about it, but, you know, unfortunately, the harsh reality is, you know, not everybody has a an amazing coming out story or you know an amazing transition from the beginning to the end you know right and unfortunately unfortunately you know that's not how it should be you know but i do know several trans men here um 
that I've come to know within like the community in Austin that, you know, their parents were supportive of them since day one. So mm-hmm. I didn't really have that. So um, I, I've known for, I knew for a really long time who I was, even as a little kid, like it was never, it was never a secret to me. Like I, I knew something, I don't say something wasn't right, but I knew I was just a little right. different for mm-hmm. lack of better words. And I confided, you know, I was going through life, whatever, whatever. I think I was about 14 or 15. And I confided in one of my aunts, um, you know, how I was feeling, whatever, whatever. And in that moment in time, like I was young and I was naive and I didn't realize she didn't have my best interest. But, and like I said, I was young and I was naive. And I, so I didn't know, you know, like I didn't know if she was going to turn around and put but basically she put it in a group text and told my entire family about it. And the next day I came home from school and uh, it was like a coming to Jesus meeting. It was, uh, I was like 13, 14 maybe. And my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, like my entire immediate family is just like in the living room waiting for me. And basically they kind of just like, it was kind of just like a roast, you know, just like, mm-hmm. you know, what's wrong with you, whatever, you know, just any hurtful thing you can think of, they probably said it. And they got to the point where I tried to walk away and they kind of, they literally held me down and said, no, you're going to listen to us. And so I, that happening at 14 or 15, that was for a little, I don't want to say traumatizing, but it was kind of traumatizing. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> horrible. Mean, yeah. I, I try to, you know, find the light in that situation. So I just laugh about it as best as I can, but it, it sucked, you know, and that time point in time in my life, you know, starting high school is already, you know, hard enough as it is. I came from, you know, South Austin, right off of Slaughter and South First, um, with the Betachek. So, you know, mm-hmm. predominantly mostly Hispanics and lower lower class families. Uh, and then my I went to Bowie for my freshman year of high school. So I was, you know, a complete 360, kind of a culture shock. So on top of going through that, I was, you know, having all these feelings about, you know, being, you know, comfortable in my skin and then it, my family outing me. And from that point in time, like right after that, my whole world went upside down. Like they pulled me from my high school. They they basically made me get baptized, but they made me go through like a bunch of different classes, go to like Christian therapy, and it was it was horrible. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie, it was awful. It was awful. Um, I went to I went to conversion camp. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, it's I don't want to say it's unspeakable. Was it like man, did you ever just, get like shock therapy? No, nah, no shock therapy. I got right? I got shock therapy. Yeah, yeah, no. Most of, I think the extent of what I got was just like being held down and being kind of yelled at, just like, you um, know, like having Bible verses screamed at me and just like, you know, I mean, yeah. And then they also put me in a room full of guys, like <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my, I don't want to say mine wasn't even like real conversion therapy, but well, no, yeah, I wasn't saying that. I was just saying that that's what I, yeah. Most of my classes were like, it was, it was even harder because it was one of my family members. He, mm-hmm. uh, I grew up in the, a very Christian household. I was raised by my grandparents and stuff. It was one of my uncles who ended up like, quote, unquote, I'm doing air quotations, like, teaching me the word of God. And, you know, it basically, yeah, I just didn't go the way they planned, obviously. But, you know, I sat there. I faked it. You know, I did what I had to do. Um, high school from there on was just really rough. And so I ended up obviously just like pulling myself back into the closet. Just kind of like swept the whole trans thing under the rug. And I was like, all right, like if I don't ask, if they don't ask about it i'm not going to speak about it like it's just better off of it's an unspoken thing like we don't talk about it because it took a while for us to be okay for a while like for a couple years like my grandpa wouldn't even just speak to me like we lived in the same house and everything he would take me to school every morning he just wouldn't speak to me it was just weird you know and so like i said it took us a while to get back to that point and i just needed some type of normalcy in my life so i just kind of accepted what i got like i said sweeping all those feelings under the rug just kind of like you know maybe i'll just be okay living my life as a masculine presenting lesbian it is what it is uh you know and i I think i 
just kind of stuck myself in that mentality. I guess going through life, I ended up meeting somebody and they accepted me as, you know, a masculine presenting lesbian. And so I was like, all right, like, I'm good. Like, this is fine. Um, come, come to find like two, three years in my relationship, it was starting to like fall apart because of all of the insecurities I was having as being a lesbian, knowing that that, that, that wasn't, was, yeah, it never sat with me properly, you know, like go lesbians, but like, that just wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it got to the point where I had to tell her and um, for the sake of my relationship, you know, I had to tell her and just be honest with her. Um, Do you know any kind of pitiable moment where you were like, I, I guess you said that you always knew, but mm -hmm. is there any like specific thing that like switched to where it was like, this is not That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Probably believe it or not, honestly, you probably believe it. Uh, YouTube, actually, I was um, obviously I was like computers were big, like uh, computers were big, like, <laughs> <laughs> like Tumblr's Tumblr was big, like social media was like really big for me at the time. It was mainly Tumblr. I, I found I fell into one of those like YouTube black holes of like I don't even know how I got there, but mm -hmm. I came across this trans guy who I still follow to this day. Um, his his content is uh, very inspiring. He was pre cool, at the time. His name is uh, Jacoby FTM. Okay. Uh, that was his. That's his uh, YouTube handle. Mm -hmm. Don't know his Instagram handle off the top of my head. Um, but I came across his YouTube page and he was just like doing Q and A's with his girlfriend. And then like, he explained this whole like trans thing. And I was just like clicked on one video, clicked on another. And then he, he was pretty at the time as well, but he was explaining all the same feelings I was having. All of like the, um, to describe it for me was, is basically just like, you know, you, you, Put together this super fly outfit like you get your you get, you get a fresh fade you get your you know ladies you get your nails done whatever the case may be like you're, you're about to feel fresh as fuck you put the outfit on and you look in the mirror and you're like what the fuck is this like mm. <laughs> this looks like shit. this is not like anything like i had wanted it to in my head but okay so that was me every day with my own skin like i just yeah. nothing i did just was like satisfying or like enough you know and so he was literally describing all these same feelings all these same emotions and then he was also getting the whole kind of rejection thing with his family. Also, he's from California. So he's from like, um, he's, he's Southern California. He's Mexican. He kind of has the same like dynamic, but his family ended up being way more accepting than mine. And so that's kind of where differentiated for me. So I was like, okay. And he, he made me feel a little bit more hopeful because he was, you know, still going through the same thing. Like I said, like having to come out to his family, um, helping like, obviously he has a following helping his following you know come out to their family whether it be like write a letter or even like giving the advice of like hey if you don't feel like it's a safe place to come out don't come out you know like yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it was really his youtube videos that really kind of just like oh shit like there is a term for what i'm feeling and it's not just a masculine lesbian you know yeah do you this wasn't even a question but do you actually have a better relationship now or is it still the same I wouldn't say it's better, I, but I also wouldn't say it's the same. I think having come as far as I am as a person without their help, for lack of a better word, is um is enough for me to not care as much as I used to because it used to tear me up. Like it used to be the hardest thing. Like I was in my head, I was gonna put my transition off until my grandparents passed away, and you know, there, oh. yeah, that was my initial plan. I was just like, you know, like I can't, I don't want, you know, like I can't not be a part of their lives because you know they raised me like they're all i know you know like right. my parents are kind of in the picture but you know they're all i know and i just couldn't you know be without them is you know families forever whatever whatever unfortunately i had that instilled in me since day one you know they, they were all i had so 
that was my initial plan, but I, I couldn't, you know, for the sake of my own mental health and the sake of my own like personal life, I just couldn't. So I ended up, you know, hopping on, I ended up starting my transition. And for the first, I would say for the first year, it was kind of rough because I wanted to, you know, demand them, demand that they use my proper pronouns and my preferred name and all that jazz. But to this day, they kind of just refuse. I would say about 90% of my family just doesn't. I have cousins. So they still call you. Yeah. They dead name me. They use the wrong pronouns. They call me my dad's daughter. Like, yeah. It's, That's hurtful. It's very hurtful. And for a while, I continue to try to correct Do you kind of just like bite your tongue or are yeah. you? It's kind of one of those things where I just bite my tongue. And, you know, like I know I, I deserve more than that. And I know right. Just, you like, do. It's just. I don't know. That's that's still one of the things that I just kind of go back and forth with myself pretty regularly because right now I am currently living at my grandparents. I just moved back south. Uh, I was in Cedar Park for about a year. And mm -hmm. so I'm in between apartments right now. So I'm hanging out with my grandparents for a couple of weeks. And man, yeah. um, man, <laughs> the dead naming is really suck. It really sucks. And the pronouns are awful. And then they always have company. They always have people just like from out of town stopping by or whatever. And so having to hear them say, oh, this is daniel my dad this is daniel's oldest daughter is just like <laughs> you kind of sound crazy because look at me you know like yeah. i have facial hair i have you know i have like passed pretty well but mm -hmm. i'm you know do say so myself <laughs> i think i, I passed pretty so. well yeah. so, i know it, it does get confusing and it's kind of funny because um sometimes like i won't introduce myself for that reason like i just i was just like you know i'm just gonna let be it is what it is but I'll never forget this one time where we had family come in from Houston and they were, I walked in and they were just like, oh, they were like, oh, like, who is this handsome young man? Like, who is this guy? And I was just like, kind of looking at them like, yeah, like they get it. Like, why don't y'all like, it's not mm. that big a deal. You know, like you're going to sit there and tell me, tell them that I'm somebody's daughter and it's just going to, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Like they're going to yeah. be very, why confuse them? Just go with the flow, you know? But again, there's old school Hispanic grandparents. You can't really tell them anything. Right. Yeah. Fill in the blank. Blank scares me the most. Men. <laughs> no, <laughs> no um, I only say men because I find them to be, I don't say less accepting of my transition, but I do feel like it is a little bit harder for, you know, cis straight men to accept a trans guy. Like there's some of my coworkers at work that I just rather would not come out to because, you know, they just, who, who they present themselves to be as a man is just kind of like, yeah, like, I wouldn't let my daughter date you. I wouldn't, you know, so, but I guess something else would be um, failing kind of, you know, cause I really do. I don't really put a lot of effort into it right now, but long-term I really would like to do some type of modeling, whether it be for you know just a clothing line or, you know, just for some little yeah, yeah, shop you, on Instagram or yeah, something. You yeah. mentioned that earlier. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, what do you need right now, but aren't communicating? And it doesn't have to stay in the same topic. It could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be that guy, but like, uh, I I think I'd be a therapist. Like, to be realistic. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. To, be, to be just be a little bit realistic. Um, I have a lot, like, obviously the whole, like, being back at my grandparents and being dead name. And, like, I'm in my old, like, my mm. old room from, like, high school, elementary school, middle school. Like, and so it's just, like, a lot of having to sit with those heavy emotions about it, you know, and not. And not knowing what to do with them exactly. Like I, I keep myself as busy as I can with the second job just so I don't over, I don't dwell. Um, okay. But obviously that's not that great for my physical health or my mental health either. Cause I, I do need days off and shit, but I, 
I would rather just work. Yeah, I think a therapist would be pretty efficient in my life yeah. right now. This was going to be like at the end, but okay. okay. So I have these affirmation cards that I do okay. every day. Just pick one and then read it out loud. Okay. Today I am receptive. Today I will let go of the past. I will live in the present. I am looking forward to a bright future. I like that. That's crazy. Dang. You can keep it. Really? Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. What does that mean to you now that you're saying that out loud? Unfortunately, that kind of makes me think of my dad. We're not really on speaking terms right now. He's definitely taken my transition, I would say, the hardest. And I do hold a lot of resentment towards him because of that. Um, We've never had a great relationship to begin with. So that's where a lot of the resentment comes from. But my my transition was just kind of like the icing on the cake for him and ours relationship. He does actually live in my grandparents' house too. And mm. so it's it's kind of, I'm used to it now, but for the longest time it was just like, dang, like I really walked past this guy. Like I don't know him, you know, we don't speak to each other. We don't look at each other. Yeah. That's kind of what that makes me think of just, you know, maybe yeah, it's time to, I don't say let it go, but I think that's another thing I've really struggled with is determining what is acceptable behavior from mm-hmm. others to allow into my life mainly in terms of my transition i've let i've let i think i've let a lot of bullshit slide and uh, you don't want to anymore i don't think i should yeah it's just it's at the end of the day it's not as good for me as i think it is in the moment by letting them i guess get away with it you know so you also recently had your top surgery right i actually just hit my one year post-op yeah how was that (laughs) there was a i think there was a question where like what was Hold on, let me check real quick. Okay. Um, yeah, describe your happiest day. Yeah. Would you say that that would be one of your happiest days? I would call it so, yeah, you could. Right before my top surgery is actually one of the last times I spoke to my dad. We actually got into a physical altercation. Um, hmm. Yeah, it was probably the lowest our relationship's ever been. And I was like, I think about two weeks before my top surgery. And my dad is my grandparents' youngest child. He's their last son. Um, so he has a very, very, very special place in their heart. So they really just kind of let him get away with anything. And um, watching them choose him over me at that time really hurt. You know, I was like, he's, I'm his kid, bro. Like, you're going to kick me out of the house. And he's, you know, he's literally hitting me, bro. Like, what? what yeah. Where's, where, where's the, ex- make it make sense you know right so after that i like i haven't spoken to him since um that was the last time i talked to him i just that's that was where that was where i drew my line with him as far as my grandparents i eventually had to let them back in but i went through my entire top surgery pretty much alone like i I had my girlfriend i guess at the time and i went with i stayed with her after my top surgery so like for four weeks i couldn't even like pick up my arms at all Mm -hmm. and so She's honestly heaven sent. Like I can't thank her enough for everything she's done for me from since day one, even pre T to to now. She continues to be one of my biggest supporters. But I, I don't want her to ever think she wasn't enough. But you know, when you're sick and you just want your mom to take care of you, that was yeah. that was kind of what that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost a lot of weight. I think I was even my smallest weight even pre T, and then I right before my top surgery. Um, so it was a bunch of mixed emotions. Like I finally got this. You know, my gender affirming surgery, like I'll be able to wear it around shirtless. Like, like this is, you know, most trans guys dream of top surgery. Like that's one of the, their biggest mi- milestones. And I wanted so happy to be happy about it. Like I knew this was like 
and like my insurance covered a lot of it and so like i had every right to be as thrilled as i possibly could but like you know like nobody checked on me nobody called me nobody knew like nobody knew i had surgery it wasn't until like i went on a cruise a couple months ago and i accidentally i didn't i had slipped my mind that i didn't have a shirt on in this video i sent to my grandma and i think that's when she finally realized like oh shit like you yeah. had a surgery like you you went through that you know but it's mm -hmm. again it's one of those things that we just don't speak about like yeah she won't ask me about it and i'm not gonna bring it up you know yeah uh that actually kind of segues into did um what kind of things did your friends do to support you or help you feel supported <laughs> <laughs> or did they not man, they, oh man oh. <sighs> man so did they not i had one really good friend and a couple of my heb coworkers actually were surprising surprisingly supportive but my two two of my very good friends i we fell off we right before my top mm -hmm. surgery one of my best friends was going through something and it turned into one of those things where i was like all right i have to determine whether this is acceptable behavior to keep in my life or not and i decided that it wasn't and it turned into this big old nobody wanting to take accountability for their actions kind of thing and so we just stopped talking i i let it all out i was like you know like you're always I'm, you know, you're, I'm always, I feel like I'm always here for you when you need me to. And I'm like, I'm really going through this top surgery. Like I, she started blowing me off when I started getting my top surgery consultation. So from the point I got my consultation to the actual surgery time, I think it was like six or seven months. And so I had been trying to like, cause I wanted to tell her all of this stuff in person just because like, is, you know, it's, she's, she's known me. We were best friends since third grade, yeah. since second or third grade. And she's known me since day one. She was there when my family outed me. She was there whenever I actually came out. Like she was day one from we li we live together like homie for life type shit so i thought she ended up dating this she ended up starting to date this other guy who like he's uh he's a he comes from a catholic family so long story short i just you know I, math be math and sometimes and things just kind of add up so at the time she started blowing me off is a time where their relationship started getting more serious so i ended up letting her know i was like i'm always here for you and you're not here for me so i don't think we should continue this friendship and then it turned into the whole no accountability thing and um that was that so she never, she didn't know I was getting top surgery. She didn't know I got top surgery. She didn't know I had consultation, nothing, nothing. And then, so that was hard. And it was even harder because her mom was actually giving me, uh, her mom was a nurse. And so her mom was giving me my testosterone shots. I am mm -hmm. pretty much too scared to do them myself. I know like, it's not very common. A lot of trends, you know, it's prescribed. You're supposed to just do it yourself at home, whatever, whatever. I can't, I still have somebody to do them for me. And for about, for like the first year and a half, she was the one that was, her mom was actually doing them for me. So I'll go over every Wednesday, you know, we chop, chop it up for a little bit. And like I said, I've known you, I've known them since, um, you know, second or third grade. So they know my grandparents, my grandma actually went to school with their mom, like, you know, small South side shit. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. So that was really hard. Um, I actually just saw her little brother at HEB not that long ago. And we were able to chop it up. So unfortunately, like as there's that you know as sucky as it is to lose her as a friend like i'm just glad her family is still kind of there for me because they're pretty supportive throughout the entire thing and i guess my other friend we actually just rekindled our friendship probably like six months ago but it took a very long time for me to be okay with doing that Sorry. you know he had started reaching out for a while and i just i couldn't like i it's a long long story short um i had known him since obviously pre-shirt since, since high school, probably since middle school, actually. 
Um, so obviously pre-T, he knew whatever, whatever. And when I was going to start hopping on hormones, like I kind of let him know. I was like, yo, like, this is what's going on, like whatever, whatever. And uh, he was like, okay. He was pretty supportive of it. Same thing. Started seeing this girl. Um, they ended up falling deep into the Christian church, which is, you know, good for them. He ended up doing the same thing, kind of cutting me off as a friend. Um, then he ends up getting engaged. Uh, and so we're at the point where we're like, we're hanging out, but it's not like we used to, like he quit smoking, he quit drinking, you know, went straight edge, you know, to, you know, do his marriage properly or whatever, you know? Yeah. whatever, whatever. Um, so we would try to find ways to hang out that didn't involve those things. And it was just kind of difficult. So for the, the friendship kind of started like falling a little out and he started falling more into the church and, you know, he had to do what he had to do at, at that point in time. Um, for the longest time, I would ask him about his bachelor party and i know like he couldn't drink he couldn't smoke he couldn't do anything crazy and i was like you know we can just go to a football game we can do something small like nothing crazy and he kind of just like kind of like brush it off whatever whatever and long story short so like he let me go on his entire like engagement thinking that like i was going to be one of his best men and like because we had talked about it before like you know mm-hmm. whatever whatever i was be, i was going to be involved in his wedding whatever whatever this man didn't invite me i didn't even get an invite to the wedding until the day before and it was a text message and it was like, um, we ended up going to Gaddy Town one day and he was, I was like, I asked him about it in person. I was like, yo, so like your bachelor party, like, you have anything? And he was like, yeah, bro, actually my brother and the church is going to do something for me, but you can come if you want. And I was like, all right, like kind of a slap in the face. And then, uh, I was like, all right, like, that's cool. Didn't go. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, like I wanted to be upset about it but i was you know like this is his life he's you know growing up this is a part of growing up like this is gonna this is if this is what he feels like he has to do then the best thing i could do is just be supportive of him and then it came to like the actual part of the you're not going to be one of you're not going to be one of my best men or you're not going to be in my like whatever the wedding yeah he ended up telling me is because the church just wouldn't understand and so that really hurt and I was like, all right, well, that's fucked up because I'm already, I had already been on testosterone for going on a year. Like I, I was pretty masculine presenting. Like, I think I passed pretty well. And the fact that he just kind of, he knew well enough, like that's what was going on. And he just couldn't tell me until like a week before, a couple weeks before. I was just like, that, that really hurt. And so I was just like, okay, like I literally was trying to throw you apart. I was like, ride or dying for you, whatever you needed. Like I'll be here for you. And you can't even be honest with me about my transition, you know, like letting me know like, Hey, like it's cause you're trans that you can't come to my wedding type shit. Yeah. That was hard. And so I held a lot of resentment and bitterness towards him because of that. And then it turned into like resentment and bitterness towards his wife at the time, or they're still married, but at the time of this situation, I was like, dang, like you, you took my best friend from me or whatever. And now he's like this completely yeah. different person. Like, I don't even know who he is. And again, not having anybody, I really, I felt alone around my top surgery and it was mostly because like I had fallen off with two of my best friends. My grandparents weren't talking to me. My dad wasn't talking to me. It was um, my relationship with my girlfriend at the time. We weren't living together, but I was going to go stay with her after my surgery. So Mm -hmm. even that relationship wasn't as like great as it could have been at the time. So yeah, it was a mess, (laughs) but um, I always joke and I'm like, I'm gonna thug it out. And I always do. Nobody has me like I have me. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Do you have any funny memories between me and you? I think one time we were, I feel like you were there. I think it was you, me, him, and Lillian, maybe, or Esme. 
I don't remember, but we were in like, or Yvonne, I don't know. We were in like, I think we were at Kim's house and Kyle and we were just like running the streets, I think. Just like running the streets. I think it was maybe during volleyball season, just acting a fool. Probably. That yeah. sounds right. And I think we went to like McDonald's and we saw Yvonne there or something. So like yeah. Way back in the day. I really remember you just like on the field uh, during like football season because I was in the ROTC. So I was always mm -hmm. doing the color guard and you're always yeah. doing, we were always there early before the game, just like doing nonsense. So. Remember this specific? Uh, I, <laughs> well, this is not like a memory, but mm -hmm. I tweeted, um, "Dang, I love, I love when guys wear uh, white t-shirts and jeans. <laughs> like that's so hot." Yeah. And then you replied to it with a picture of you with dang, dang, a yeah. white shirt mm -hmm. and jeans, and you're like, <laughs> "Like this." <laughs> that is literally like, some shit I would do. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, that looks so hot." Just like that, yeah. Yeah. Man, I love a good white t-shirt. I still do. <laughs> um, what would your love letter to yourself um, be like? It'd probably just be like a lot of, I'm so proud of you. You've come so far. You're you're super handsome, man. Like, I didn't think, yeah. I was like, my doctors did a good job. But like, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it pretty often that are like, wow, like, I couldn't even tell. And I'm like, that's the point. But like, uh -oh. um, I think, I think I am kind of handsome, you know, like testosterone be testosterone and so a lot of don't give ups because mm -hmm. like if i ever gave up at the point in time where i really wanted to like when i was first trying to figure out my top surgery and i had no idea where to start like and i needed there was this one point where i it was like a week before my surgery and i was still missing a couple documents and i thought i was gonna not have my surgery and so i just like if i had given up then like i probably wouldn't be here right now type shit because yeah. gender-affirming care is actually gender-affirming care and that shit does save lives so yeah. unfortunately we do live in the state of texas where they are trying to trying to you know get rid of that shit, but that's a different conversation. Don't give ups. You look good. You look good. Yeah, basically. <laughs> my podcast. <laughs> Is there any mistakes that you've made that you regret? Um, and it doesn't have to be deep. Like you can yeah. literally say any mistakes. I made the mistake of eating pizza this morning mm. because I was trying to make eggs, but I was too lazy. <laughs> Um, I have eggs downstairs, mm -hmm. and I was like, I really don't want eggs right now. I like really just want a pizza, Hell and I yeah. so I regret I having pizza, having pizza mm. this morning. I had it at like eleven, That's so okay. I was like, eh. it's uh, <laughs> a, lunch, a lunch snack. You know, kids are eating chicken nuggets at right ten in the morning in elementary school. So any silly regrets? Silly regrets. I regret buying that Red Bull home over here. I'm probably gonna do wired. <laughs> Not a Red Bull, night. yeah. Uh, and I work at five in the morning, so. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of a silly regret, but. It's still kind of early. Yeah. I'll be able to fire myself out sometime. Yeah. Are you an overthinker? Yes. <laughs> what do you overthink about? Like the littlest things? Yeah, kind of. Or like conversations. Like. Like how is this going for you right now? Well, I'm having a good time. Good. Yeah. I, I, I'm a lot more comfortable than I thought I was going to be. So that's good. Cool. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. I love when people say that. Cool. Yeah. The vibe in here is immaculate. Perfect. Yeah. Um, anything else that you ever think of? Um, just mainly conversations like, and people's tone. Like if your tone is a little off, I'm going to sit there and I'm think about it. Like, did you mean it like that? Or like, did it just come <laughs> out like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Well, I think that's all I've got for you. Okay. Um, there is a portion at the end where people ask me things. Mm -hmm. 
So do you have any questions for me before we go? You don't have to if you don't want to. No, yeah. What do you hope to come of this podcast, like, collectively? I think I've gotten this question a couple times, but it's pretty much the same answer. I just, I love interviewing people. Okay. I love talking to people and just hearing different stories. Mm -hmm. Um, So eventually a talk show. Yeah, that'd be sick. Radio. I don't know if I have the voice for it, but I do, like... I don't know. There's different, like everyone's episode is so different. Yeah. I just, I would hope to just talk to people about their lives. Yeah, definitely. Like yours is going to be so insane. <laughs> yeah, so no, definitely. That'd That's be okay. Yeah. Great for like, yeah, hopefully I can reach somebody. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking about that myself because I, I, I struggle with putting myself out there as far as like, you know, content creating and being confident enough to be like, okay, just post it, bro. Just, just put it out there because I can yeah. create content all the time. I just don't post it. And I follow several, content creators here in austin that are you know their followers are up in the 30ks and things mm-hmm. like that and i've made contact with them i've met them in person and they love me out of them they're all great guys and so i know they're probably gonna be thrilled to hear something like this and you know you know it's kind of a word of mouth thing maybe this thing will do great things for the both of us you know? i know yeah i'm That'd excited really cool. yeah i'm so excited to put your story out there i appreciate it all right well thank you again for coming on join us next time for another episode My name is Abraham Alvarado, and you look good. Cool.